0: I'm going to ask Valley family, would you welcome our dear friend, Mike Bolton, this morning. Thank you, Valley Christian family. Okay, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Thank you. You know, you know when you go some places and you just go, I feel at home? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just go and this is, it's home. And, I, and when I came here, we, I hadn't been here in three years because there was this, I don't know, what do you call this thing that happened? Insanity? I don't know, you know. And, and, and we've been, it's been a while since you've been here, but it's just, you just step back into it, right? And there are relationships like that in your life, right? There's a gap, but you step back, you pick up where you left off. And that's what I feel in coming here, so thank you so much for being so welcoming. Um, I, you know, you mentioned about hockey, and, and I love, okay, I won't distract too much on this, but you know as athletes, the older we get, the better we were? you guys know what I'm talking about? And I remember getting together for a reunion with a bunch of guys. We won a national championship in Canada before I went to the U.S. to play college hockey, and I remember them, got, the guys telling stories, and I go, that didn't happen. You can't make stuff up like that. Well, maybe my memory was bad or theirs was better. I don't, it was kind of fun. I, I want to sh- introduce you to my uh, the most important people in my life here, my grandkids. They have parents. I'm not sure what their names are, but I've, I've kind of forgotten because these guys, that's my wife Debbie and I, just a couple of weeks ago, Canadian Thanksgiving, which is the Columbus Day weekend in Canada, we had our family together and... Had a chance with the grant. And I tell you this there are things in life that shift your focus and remind you of what's important. There are moments in your life that are defining moments. That song that we sang about Jira, there are moments in your life where you go, I believe that because I've lived it. That you are Lord more than enough in my life. There are moments, and we all have them, don't we? Right now, you're going to them. You're going, that moment defined my life. That moment shifted my life. That moment changed the direction and trajectory of my life. I want to spend a little bit of time this morning talking about and reminding you about some things. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, this last season, a couple of years ago, just coming up about two and a half years ago, I had a heart attack, I had quad bypass surgery, and it really shifted the trajectory of my life. And so, prior to that, but even more after that, I've really been asking a lot more questions that, that are meaningful. Because how many people know what happened March 2020? Anybody remember? <laughs> you remember when you were, you know, when they announced the world was shutting down? Right? You know, where were you? We had just, my wife and I had just come back from Seattle. She'd been speaking at an event. We got home and it was like, What? you know, you kind of heard rumblings of things, and then all of a sudden, the world literally shut down. And it was, it was, and how many people know, you kind of thought, well, this will be over pretty soon. Are you with me? You know, a couple of weeks, you know, this will all pass, maybe a month at the most, and we'll be beyond this. I heard some prophetic words from some prophets that we follow, and they go, three or four months max, and things would be back. And I'm going, well, I can can probably endure that. But then it just kind of kept getting extended. And it was amazing during that time, June of 2020 is when I had my heart issue. We'd come back to Canada, had to quarantine, because we spend our time in the U.S., between the U.S. and Canada. So uh, you had to quarantine when you go back to Canada. So quarantining and... Just kind of hanging out at home and sneaking the grandkids in the back door. Or the, you know, uh, that's not being recorded, is it? No, good. So. But just to be able to connect and just have some semblance of normal, whatever normal was going to be during that time. And then the issue happened, and it gave me a chance to think about things and what really mattered. And I really began to look at my life, and there are two questions that I want to bring to your attention this morning for you to think about. And let's, let's get them up on the screen, the two questions. And, and these are important questions because these are ones I continue to ask about my own life. Do I lead my life or do I just accept where my life is at at the moment? And, that, and that's a very important question to ask. I want to I encourage you with something. The quality of the questions that you ask yourself and others is going to have a significant effect on the outcome of your life. You ask better questions, you're going to have better outcomes. But asking deep questions, asking significant questions takes some effort. It takes some thought, right? Thinking is hard work. Just you know that. And that's why so few people do it. Cuz it take it is so challenging. To ask good questions. But I want want you to think about that in your life. Am I leading my life? Or am I accepting my life where it's at? We're going to come back to it in a minute. And here's a second one. Because this really ties into the idea of hope. Because hope is a future that you look forward to, right? Or dread. (laughs) Depends on. Is my future... Right now, if you were honest with yourself, and I want to encourage you, be honest with yourself. It's a great place to start. I've been dishonest with myself in the past, especially with my health, and I reap the consequences of it. Now, fortunately, I got a second chance. Thank you, Jesus, to make some changes. But asking this question, is my future bigger or smaller? As I look to the future of my life, is it bigger or smaller? And how you answer those two questions is going to have a significant impact on the choices that you make today, tomorrow, this week, this month, the rest of this year. Now there's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 13. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. How many people can relate to that? You hoped, you believed, and it didn't work out the way that you wanted. And maybe during COVID, that was a a bit of where you have been at and maybe in some ways are still there. You're still going, I don't know. Is the world we live in a little uncertain at the moment? You know, watching the video of what's going on in in Ukraine and Russia and that area of the world, it just... It's almost like I can hardly bear to hear the news about that. The refugees who are having to leave, the families that are being destroyed, whole generation for young people, their life has changed forever. There is no going back to something that doesn't exist anymore. This is a new reality for them. And it kind of makes me go, I shouldn't be complaining that uh, the flight got delayed by 30 minutes. Right? And my Starbucks order wasn't quite exactly what I ordered. Do you understand what I mean? Like it just brings a reality and a perspective to things that is pretty critical and pretty important in life. And so when we're honest with ourselves, and I really encourage us to be that way. We have to ask that question, am I in that place right now that I feel like my heart's sick because hope has been deferred for far too long? I thought COVID was going to be over. I thought things were going to get better. And it just seems like they've gotten worse. And then, and then inflation and then supply chain issues and, and shortages on this and global uncertainty and, and, you know, what's going on in China. And it just every day you know, what's going on in that part of the world and what's going on in, 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 you know, the Russia-Ukraine conflict and what's going on with Iran and the uncertainty that just continues every day in the news. And I have to look at my heart sometimes and I go, my heart feels sick. Like I feel sick on the inside. Because what I had hoped and anticipated and wanted to happen is not happening. In fact, it's getting worse. And then you had the whole COVID and the vaccine and and you know the lockdowns and no that's no it's that's not what we should do and we should push back and no you know the Bible says we should obey the authorities who have put on the, and the conflict and then families we're going to get vaccinated we're not going to get vaccinated because it's the mark of the beast anybody have discussions like that in your family and it's like there are, there were certain people that if you did or didn't they cut you off. There's no win. It was, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. There was just no way around that. You go, where are we at with this? How's that for a good news message this morning? It's like, wow, I'm glad I came to church this morning. I thought I was depressed before. But, but there's a God who cares about you and who cares about me. And I remember at some moment in the pandemic, you know, that like post-surgery recovery, and I was, I was you know, i got to go out and walk. I'm an athlete. I could walk like for 15 minutes, and I'm feeling like I just ran a marathon. But the next day, a little bit more, a little bit more, and kept getting stronger, kept getting better. And it's just, there, were, there, there had to be a resolve. You know, sometimes you just go, I have to do this. It's not optional. It's not maybe sort of kind of, I'll give it a try. I have to do this. My life depends on it. My grandkids want grandpa to be around and be an influence in their life. My wife, most days, wants me to be there. Right? My kids, like, there's people who care about me. I have an obligation and a responsibility to step up my game. And there was just something that shifted on the inside of me in the middle of that go, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And it just something rose up on the inside of me. I don't remember which day it was, I don't remember what moment it was, but I remember it happened and something shifted on the inside of me that i said no more am i going to follow this it's just it's bad and it's going to get worse whatever that is i'm not buying into it it may look now listen i may be deluded i i am old enough to know i could be wrong pretty much every day but i don't think in this case i am are you with me on that there are things i could be wrong but I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong about this. That if the world is going to hell in a handbasket, I'm still going to try to do something. Because those five grandkids, God's word says he has a plan for them and a future and a hope. And I want to do everything I can to make sure that they have a chance to see that realized in their life. I have an obligation to the people around me to step up my game and make a difference. And you do as well. Now, let me tell you this. It is not going to be easy. How many people have ever tried something and then quit? Come on, be honest. I'm not saying just this week, all right? Let's just... You know, we, we go through it. Of course, the new year's coming. What's the number one resolution people are going to make? Number one, going to lose weight. Number two, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to join a gym. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get my financial house in order. I'm going to clean out that closet. You know, and you just go through the list of things. And then we know that about three weeks in to the new year, you know de, 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 de. you know gym membership surges and then gym membership goes down right because we have great intentions but it's difficult to follow through and one of the things that you need to do and this and I'm talking from personal experience so this is not hypothetical this is the stuff that I'm living every single day Because during COVID, I made some decisions, and I want to share them with you. That my hope, which felt like it was deferred, and maybe even lost, that something got restored. That the longing in my heart began to be fulfilled, and it became a tree of life. I feel more excited about the future today than at any point in my life. You go, how in the world is that possible with what's going on? I don't know. Like, I can't explain it to you what's going on on the inside of me. I'm just letting you know something shifted. And I am more excited about the future. Now, I'm not saying in every circumstance of life in the future, things are going to be the way that I want. You know, the right person gets elected. The right things happen in the midterm elections. I'm a Canadian, so the right things happen in Canada and shifts happen in Canada. Listen, I I have lots of opinions about American politics. But I can't vote because if I did, they'd deport me. And I kind of like living where I do. But I have lots of opinions about it, none of which you need to hear because they're irrelevant. But no matter what happens out there, In those circumstances, I can control what goes on in here. And I wanna encourage you with a couple of decisions, a couple of things that I've done that can shift you from hope deferred and making the heart sick to a longing fulfilled and becoming a tree of life. Just a couple of decisions. Let's pull them up on the screen. Number one, you gotta take charge of your thoughts and emotions absolutely, unequivocally, this is number one. You got to take charge of what's going on here and what's going on in here. Now, you know that almost every decision you make is an emotional-based decision, correct? Do you guys know that? We justify it intellectually, but really it flows out of emotion and how we're feeling. There's a lot of science to back that up. A lot of psychology to back that up. It's one of the things I love to study is human behavior, both good and ill, unfortunately, to understand why we do what we do. But the most successful people that I know and the ones that I follow are absolutely critically tied in to these two things, controlling what you think and controlling your emotions. I'm very, very careful about what I let in to my brain. I read the news every day. I got the app on my phone. I got several apps I go to. I kind of catch up on the news. But what do I do before I do that? I read my Bible. I get the perspective of God. I get the truth of God's Word. And that becomes the foundation or the filter through which I receive all of the other information because I'm ready for it because I know it's going to be not good news, right? If it bleeds, it leads. How many people know that in news? Bad news, first thing out there. And it's always bad news. Doesn't Doesn't matter which news channel you follow, it's all bad news because that's the way it works. And you know that up front. So you set up the filter in advance to filter that through. And then there's this thing called social media. Anybody know anything about that? Anybody's lives been affected by that? How many, how many of us know that what you see on social media is not reality? Right? Selfie, 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 you know. It's not reality. It's, all, it, it's not reality. Now, I listen, I like to follow people on social media. Because it seems like like these guys when, when you do things, Greg and Susie, it's like I get to be there with you. And it's even though we haven't seen each other in a while, it's kind of you get to keep up on each other's lives. I'm like I'm happy to do it, but I'm smart enough to know there's a lot of life in between the posts. Some of it good and some of it challenging. That that's the that's the reality of it. So I have a filter in advance. That I know how to filter that stuff. And I take it for what it is. So that, that, that's really important to understand that. I take charge over what's going on on the inside of me. I can, I've realized in life, I've been around a year or two, 58, soon to be 59. After that comes some other number. Like I'm pretty excited about getting older. Because I've made some real positive changes. In fact, my wife and I are training at the moment to run the Los Angeles Marathon in March 2023. Now, thank you for the applause. We haven't run it yet, okay? We've made the decision to train so we can run it, okay? So I can pretty confidently run about 15 kilometers now. So about 11 miles, okay? 42 kilometers, 26.2 miles, okay? we got a way to go, but it's not till March. So we were smart. We planned ahead. We put a training program in place. We got coaching. You know, we did all the right things. We bought the right gear. We looked good, you know. (laughs) You know, got the right shoes and the right gear. And you you get all that stuff, but you still got to do the work. So I'm excited about getting you know the year you know i want to do this before my 60th birthday kind of to celebrate my recovery and my wife she's already in her 60s though you'd never know that cuz you'd think she's a decade younger than me but she's always wanted to do it as well and we're working on it but it takes work so i don't mind getting older it's and it's one of those things that i actually am looking forward to days ahead Like I really am. But one of the things I've realized, as you get older, you you just have to do some things well. Life has a way along, along the journey, life has a way of making you differentiate between the things that you thought were important and then the things that really are important. They really are important. Taking charge of your thoughts. The second thing about taking charge of your emotions... Now, this was a big thing for me. You know, women, I've noticed, and listen, I'm making kind of a generality, a generalization here, so just take it for where it's at. But I find women tend to be a little more in touch with what's going on. You know, their brain is designed different than men, right? There's more connections between the two hemispheres. Like, that's brain physiology. There's more connections. So they're more interconnected in their thinking and their feeling. Men are much more segmented because there's less wiring between the two hemispheres. So generally speaking, women are kind of in touch. And men, you know, we can go out and kill something and then come home and want to kiss our wives. And, you know, it, you know men just, they can segment things. Not always a good idea, just so you know. Okay, I'm not saying that's a great idea. I'm just saying they can. Not that they should. You guys understand in life there are things we can do that we shouldn't do, right? Okay. But one of the the things this last season that I've really focused on is asking these three questions. And these have been a game changer for me. Okay? Number one, when something happens and I have a reaction to it. Number one, what's going on? Like trying to get an accurate appraisal of what actually happened. Okay? Someone caught me, cut me off in traffic. My Starbucks order wasn't right. Something didn't work out the way that I'd wanted. I'll give you an example. My buddy and I, business partner and I, we were traveling in the U.S. <laughs> he was, I was flying home to Dallas. He was flying home to Canada. He was flying home to Toronto. We were in Raleigh, North Carolina, Raleigh, Germany. Go to the airport lounge, and I'm allowed to bring a guest in. So he comes in, they scan my boarding pass, they scan his boarding pass. He's flying a different airline. They said, You can't come in. I go, When has this ever happened? Like, I've never, my wife and I go in, your guest? Yeah, come on in. They've never scanned. This day they did, different airline, can't come in. And I had this all planned because he had a longer layover. I'd go, he'd stay. You know, it'll work out good. I was so unbelievably mad. Like I was livid. So I go through my little checklist. What's going on? He can't access the lounge. We go to a restaurant. We have breakfast. I go on my flight. I, I said to them, I will never come back here again. <laughs> of course, the Christian thing to do, Right? And I want to invite you to church, you know. No. no. If you're going to invite someone to church, be nice first, right? You know. Okay, it really helps. I I was just, and then I got, so I asked the question, what's going on? Not really that, because he's trying to talk me off the ledge. My buddy's going, Mike, it's not a big deal. I'm going, no, it is a big deal. No, Mike, it's not a big deal, really. And then I go, so what's going on? What am I feeling? I was feeling mad. I was feeling angry. So I I, I could acknowledge that. I am mad about this. I don't have righteous indignation and try to spiritualize it in any way. I was, can I say pissed off? Would that be okay? Okay. I really was. It's like, man. Third question. This is the key right here. This is a game changer for me. Do you want to know what it is? Where's that coming from? And you know what it was? I spent a few minutes thinking about that. You know what it was? I was embarrassed. That I had planned something, didn't come to pass, and I was embarrassed. And it went back to a little eight-year-old boy whose dad, my dad was an alcoholic. I grew up in an alcoholic home who would embarrass me in front of his friends. That's what was going on. Do you know how life-changing that was for me? As soon as I saw that, like it was almost, I kind of, you know, you dig through the layers, you kind of follow the maze, and all of a sudden that picture came to mind, as clear as anything. Front room at our farmhouse in rural Manitoba, middle winter, my dad drinking, his buddies, I saw them there. life-changing and I tell you since that moment and this is only this is like this is less than a year ago that has been a game changer for me because I started to go anytime anything happens quick three questions what's going on what am I feeling where's that coming from I have an argument with my wife what's going on what am I feeling Where's that coming from? All she was, all she is is the catalyst for me to start to dig in there. She wasn't causing the problem. It's like, if you wouldn't have brought that up. Not that anybody's ever said that, right? Game changer. Game changer for me. Because I can set up now a filter through which I can interpret what's going on. And I'm not going to get caught up in the negative that's out there that will suck you in like a black hole. You've been there. You get around negative people and you become more negative. I just made a decision I will not. Now, so, <laughs> the challenge is some of them's family, right? So you know what I'm saying? You're going to have family gatherings. You're going to be at stuff. Just put the firewall up. Okay, just put the firewall up. And just go, be nice, be kind, be thoughtful. Do all, you know, but just put the firewall up. I'm not going down that road. I'm not, go- well, you, you have friends. You may, can, can, I, can I be honest? that be okay. You might have to get some different friends. I've I've had to, in this last season, There's some people I don't hang around with anymore. I can't. It's not good for me. I don't think I'm good for them. I tried. They don't want to change. Maybe they do in the future. I I can't be there. I can't go there. I can't be around people who say, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, and there's nothing we can do. I cannot be around that. Because I know what God's Word says, and I'm holding on tight to that. I'm going, God, I don't see the outcome that you who began a good work in me. Philippians 1.6, right? You began a good work in me will bring it to completion. There are moments I'm not sure, but I'm still believing it. That there are things yet to happen that will work out. And I will say yes to them as I move forward. That you have plans to prosper me and not harm me. And to give me a future and a hope. At the moment I don't see all the details. But I'm still choosing to believe. I'm grabbing a hold of hope and I'm saying, God, I believe that the future is going to be good. Now I understand it might not be good for everybody. Because there are people who reject God. They'll flip God the middle finger. They'll just turn their back on Him. They'll curse him out. I, know, I, I see it. How many people have noticed that light seems to be getting lighter and dark, darker? Does it seem like that to you guys as well? It just seems like there's no, the middle ground is, I don't know where it's gone, of, you know, even cultural Christianity. It's either you're, you're, you're in or you're out. There's kind of no, yeah, it's, it's a good thing, even though I don't personally believe it's a good thing. It's either I'm for it or against it. It's a challenging time we're living in but I believe for those who choose to follow God do the right thing every single day find needs and meet them manage their mental emotional spiritual intellectual when you're you're taking control of it you rest rest in the life of your community and the people around you that you grab a hold of that, and you go, I'm moving forward with God. And if there's not a lot of people walking with me, that's okay. Because I'm still going to do it. A part of that taking charge is you've got to develop a plan. You've got to know who your allies are. You've got to know who your clan is. You've got to know who your family is. You've got to know who your tribe is. You've got to know who your people are. This, this is my opinion, and, I, and I, well, you're here this morning, so obviously you probably understand how important this is. You need to be around. You've got to be in the right environments. You've got to be in the right environments. When fear comes, people tend to isolate, right? They go into hiding. They get away from people. When you're fearful, you're, you're away from people. But the exact opposite is what we need. We need to be together even more. You know that scripture in Hebrews 10.25, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But all the more, gather together, encourage one another. I grew up, they used to bash that over our head, you got to show up for church. I believe now it is a life-giving scripture. That I need to be in a place that's positive, that's hope-filled, That has a goal and a strategy that no matter what happens, we are moving ahead. We are going to do what we can right now. We can't do everything, but we can do something. We can do something. And listen, our somethings individually, corporately pulled together, now it means something. Now you got momentum. Now you got a movement. And let me tell you, people are looking for hope today. But we have to start with grabbing that hope again in our own lives. Because you can't share what you don't have. And I know in a room like this, I know there's some people who are going, I am hanging on by a thread. My hope is almost gone. And I want to encourage you today. If you're willing to be brave enough to do it, to go, I'm going to grab onto hope again. And I'm not going to let go. I'm going to hang with people who are hope carriers. I'm going to hang around people who are hope-filled. I'm going to feed my hope. I'm going to believe again. I'm going to dream again. It scares me to death to even say that because I know how challenging it is. I'm under no illusion that things are, you know, anything but challenging right now. But this is our time right now right here right now this is your time right here right now it's your time to say god i'm in i'm saying it again god i'm in i don't know what it looks like let me let me tell you courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyway it's not in the bible it's from john wayne but it's a good quote (laughs) i have it on a coffee mug Courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. That's what I want to be. That's my prayer for you this morning. I was praying about this before I came here. It was I was flying on the airplane. It was just got kind of dropped into, it's about hope. It's about hope. We have to embrace hope again. So if you're willing to, just bow your head, raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. If you just, you just need that hope, you're saying to God, you're not saying to me. You're saying to God, God, I'm reaching, out, I'm reaching out to you and I'm hoping again. I'm believing again. Thank you. Lord, I'm just praying for everybody here. This is a somber and solemn moment when we're saying yes to you. We're willing with conviction and courage to go, Lord, I am hoping again. I'm reaching out and I'm believing and trusting in you. I don't know what it looks like. I don't don't know. I'm honest. But Holy Spirit, that you would reveal right now the next step that all of these people who are raising their hands need to take. Not all the steps, just the next step. And I pray for them in the name of Jesus. Amen. The last thing I prayed, I really want to encourage you to, th- to ask the Holy Spirit about that. What is the next step I need to take? Not all the steps, just the next step. And my prayer for you, and I know Pastor Greg, Susie, I know, I know the team here. They're praying with you on that. They don't want to tell you what the next step is. They want the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you so that you can take it. And they're coming alongside, and they're cheering you on. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you. you guys have just been the best today. And I'll continue to pray for you. I want to hear some good news reports. We're, we're staying connected about some things. I believe this is a God-ordained and a God-divine-ordained moment that you are here today. I'm excited to hear the stories of the days ahead and what they're going to look like. Amen. All right, be blessed.